Welcome back, everyone, to The Basement Binge, an episode that I'm thrilled to be excited in a series that I'm thrilled to be binging as we anticipate the new release of Creed 3. That's right, you saw the title, you're listening to the episode. We're going to be reviewing Creed, and then coming up next, Creed 2, an anticipation of Creed 3. I love this movie. I have a lot to say about it. I have a lot to talk about. Let's just get right into it with the first segment, which is Two Cents. Two Cents is going to be completely spoiler-free. If you haven't seen this film before, the rest of the episode will have spoilers, but if you haven't seen it, feel free to stick around for Two Cents. So, Creed really, truly is an emotional and invigorating jumpstart to the Sleeping Rocky franchise. It fills this classy legacy with new blood, like like very literally new blood in the side of like a new person, but also like new, fresh, there's more blood. Uh, and ignites excitement with new characters, new stories, new emotion, and metaphorical challenges and grapples with realities of today, just like the Rocky franchise has always done in the past. Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan are an impressive combo. I love everything that they do together, and Creed is a perfect example of their dynamic power together and why they're so great. The greatness of the film also goes to Stallone, who really deserves the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. It's sad that he didn't, he, he was nominated but did not receive it. He deserved it. This performance from Creed... Sylvester Stallone's performance as Rocky has been the sole part of the film that has stuck with me the most for the longest time. Um, Rocky, as he has for so long for me, feels like a real person. He, he doesn't feel like a character. He feels like a person. And that is completely thanks to Stallone's performance who really just transforms into this character and plays him with such reality and such sincere emotion that, that you feel like this is an individual experiencing the things that he is and guiding Adonis the way that he is. Like all good Rocky movies, though, Creed is full of fantastic emotion and heart, like I've mentioned multiple times, but it has great training montages and music. Uh, I'm going to talk about this more, but but Ludwig Gornson knows when to respect iconic music like he has with Star Wars and so many other things and when to create something new. Um, and he creates fantastic music because of it. Creed also just has fantastic boxing scenes. The camera work in it is intense and makes these fight scenes really quite intense. That in particular is one area where Creed excels. As an example, there's nearly a four-minute fight uh, that's entirely one take. There's no hidden cuts. It's, it's just all in camera, and it is, it is thrilling to watch. It, it truly excels. I forgot how much I love this movie, but every single time I turn it on, I love it from the fantastic filmmaking that it has from all the components, everyone involved from performance to music to cinematography to editing to directing, all of that, to the rich emotion and strong characters uh, that feel real and feel like our individuals you can latch on to and experience what they are with them. It's just a remarkable movie and, and very, very impactful, as all good Rocky movies should be. But that's going to be the end of Two Cents here as we get into the rest of the episode and get some spoilers here. Before we get into the episode... And spoilers, some brief announcements. If you want to help out the show and you are enjoying this episode or you enjoy The Basement Binge, please leave a review on Podchaser, podchaser.com slash The Basement Binge, always linked below. It allows you to leave reviews, not just on the podcast as a whole, but each episode. So you can review it multiple times, which is really helpful. So go to podchaser.com slash The Basement Binge, scroll down to episodes, leave a review on this episode. If you do, I'll uh, share with you a screen pass for movies anywhere, if you would like. Additionally, Animation Hall of Fame has had huge interruptions as this month and, and January have been very busy for me, but it is coming back in full swing. Really excited to get into those animated movies finally after uh, enjoying Creed here. But we're going to take our time enjoying the Creed franchise because it's 
as you already saw from Two Cents. It's remarkable. So enough of those announcements. On to the next segment, Pick Your Poison, which is the rating scale here at the Basement Binge, measuring the bingeability of this film. After seeing it this time, how would I true choose to interact with it? Would I never watch it again? Would I stream it if it's on a service I've already paid for? Would I rent it for a few dollars? Or would I seek it out and buy it uh, at a full price, be that digitally or physically, however? And this is 100% a buy, not just for the sake of the rating, but genuinely as I knew that these ser- this this series was something that I wanted to review for the Basement Binge. I had seen Creed before, not Creed 2, but Creed, and I knew that I wanted to do it for the Basement Binge. It wasn't streaming anywhere, I thought, and you know, normally I would just rent it, but I thought, no, I know Creed is a movie that I'm going to want to watch, and the Blu-ray was only like $5 more expensive than it would be to rent the movie, and I thought, yeah, I'm buying the Blu-ray. Not necessarily for the sake of the Blu-ray. I've, I've become more minimal in that and okay with digital movies more than I used to be. Um, but I just want to own it. I, wa- I knew that I would want to watch it again, that this, is, this isn't this is a movie that I'm going to watch very, very frequently over and over again. It's not that the real watchability is, is very immediate. Um, but it is a movie that I will come back to a year from now, two years from now, that I will continue to come back, not just in the immediate future, but genuinely throughout my life. Rocky films last and i remember watching them over and over again at my grandpa's house and i'm gonna be an old man watching creed probably because it is that good so 100 percent, i would buy this movie and, and i do plan to watch it more and i did buy it so you know didn't uh, i walk the walk as in addition to talking the talk so on to the next segment here live up this is talking about my expectations for the film going in and if it was able to live up to them this is this is difficult for me because I wasn't really sure what I was expecting the second time around. I was just expecting Creed. I'd seen Creed. I had loved it. I was just expecting it to be Creed. And that's a good thing. That's a really high, high bar to cross. And I was just expecting more of that. It's hard to imagine Creed being any different than it is. But I was not expecting Creed to be as good as Creed is. Like almost masterpiece amazing. I knew it was good, but I didn't remember it being this good. It's been a long time since I've seen it, too long. And I liked it even more this time than I did before. And my expectations for it were already high. I, I, I was very, very excited to not only watch this movie, but to review it. I remember watching it and thinking, wow, this is a movie I have some things to say about and I want to review. And that was the excitement that I had going in. And, and now this is a huge compliment to the film. Not only did it, it, it meet those expectations, it exceeded them and... I, I genuinely had very high expectations for Creed and my memory did not do justice. This is a remarkable movie. If you have not seen it, you really, really need to. Um, we're going to get into spoilers here more definitely um, as we move on to the next segment, Binge Points, get into some details and Easter eggs from the film. Now, before we move on to Binge Points, just a brief interruption here. All right, thanks for dealing with that regular interruption. Back to your regular scheduled program here with Binge Points. This is where we talk about Easter eggs, details, behind the scenes, things, that type of stuff. Now, this is a film where there are a lot of references to past Rocky movies, but they're not just Easter eggs the way they are in like a Marvel movie, for example. They're not there just to be a reference. They, they are a meaningful part of the story, and I'm going to save them all for Fall In because that there's something about it then uh, that is just really, really remarkable. That just the way that they truly and genuinely impact the story, it's worth mentioning for them. Now, before we go on to the other segments, I do want to mention a few details here. They're not really Easter eggs or references. They're just 
things that I that that I think are really cool. I talked about that four minute uh, fight scene that's in the ring. It's the one where he's he, he not the the fight that he has against the other guy in the in the boxing ring where he's training. I forget is the, the the guy's son. Um, you know that first like real fight that he has. Um, and the cinematographer who who shot that really had some things to say. Uh, in particular to this. It's, it's a one take. It's genuinely a one take with no post-production stitching them together. He said, quote, everybody thinks we're cheating, but that is one shot. Uh, he said, speaking to Variety. And that scene in particular um, was filmed by Ari Alexa Steadicam operator Ben Seminom. I think is how you say his name. Uh, but they took 13 takes of the sequence, which is incredible to think about. That all the Michael B. Jordan and the other actor, I don't know his name, performing that 13 times with such smoothness the choreography and and the camera work and the choreography of the cameraman in that is just amazing um the 11th take is what was used in the final film and it it looks phenomenal if you don't know what i'm talking about youtube it it is it is an exceptional scene um now some other fun details here that these are more like binge points uh the delphi boxing academy in los angeles is advertised as the home of apollo creed and delphi is a site in greece that was dedicated to the god of apollo uh, after he supposedly slayed a dragon there, which is kind of fun that uh, that's where he goes and stays, you know, Apollo and Delphi. Pretty fun detail. Um, now, the other detail that I want to mention is Michael B. Jordan and his physique. He gained 24 pounds of muscle. Uh, he had to work out two to three times a day, six days a week. He had a super strict diet, as you can imagine, for pretty much a year. And because he had no body double, had to learn how to box in the film and it shows off in the final fight scene in that fights that that one take that i talked about you you can tell this is michael b jordan there in the ring and it and it adds to the visceralness and reality of that film it it is just a remarkable performance physically putting yourself on the line that way so those are all the details that i have except for what i'm going to mention in bin or in fall in so let's move on to the second to last segment lease and likes this is talking about our least favorite scene and my favorite scene. And genuinely, I do not have a least favorite scene. There isn't one scene that I don't love or that feels less good than others or that is out of place. Uh, there's only good and then great scenes and then greater scenes. There's no neg- no scene has any type of negative feeling towards it whatsoever at all. They're all just good. They are exceptional. Everything about the film, I really kind of believe that it's a masterpiece. Now, talking about my favorite scene, my like here, it is hard to narrow it down just to one. I'm going to say that entire end fight scene uh, against Ricky Conlon is just something to behold. It, it, I'm going to talk a lot about it in Fallen. It, it, the culmination of the film, like like the third act and just the way that it's filmed and the performances and the emotions that goes into it and how all of that is used to tell the story and not just to be a, a spectacle, is just a remarkable conclusion to the film and a remarkable fight scenes, well, multiple. It, it's just amazing. However, one scene that I do have to mention that has stuck with me the most and the longest is when Rocky is diagnosed with cancer and then he goes back and Adonis confronts him about him in like that little locker room and Rocky kind of tells him that they're not actually family. And obviously Adonis is hurt, so he leaves. And Rocky sits down and just kind of mumbles under himself, under his breath to himself, why'd you say that? And there's something about that line and the performance of Sylvester Stallone that just it plants itself in your heart and you think about it. Maybe it's because I've done that before. I've said something that after the fact, I, I really wonder, 
why'd you say that? That 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 scene is honest, it performs so well, and, and one of the many scenes in the movie that makes Rocky feel like a person who is experiencing things the, the same way the rest of us are. So let's get into that more in this last segment, Fall In. In the words of my dad, this is where we talk about the moral of the story, the meanings, the messages, real life takeaways. The entire film could be reviewed in Fall In, every single aspect of it. The, the amount of messages and themes in this movie is absurd and remarkable and they're all done so well i just want to focus on a few here and really the biggest one to me is this this strong message about legacy you know obviously it's rocky's legacy coming back apollo creed's legacy adonis trying to start his own legacy like the film is literally titled creed and i think it's like in fact let me check here with imdb the the tagline for it is uh your legacy is more than a name. Like clearly legacy is a part of this film. Uh, you know, and kind of how we are products of our parents' legacy for good or for bad and, and all that comes before us and how that leads on for us to shape our own legacy. This is something that we can all relate to. Uh, it, it's, it's, that's, that's a universal feeling. However, this is something that I, I, that I want to talk about very carefully, but very honestly, I think that this is a very vulnerable, honest, depiction of what it means to be a black young man or young adult in America. I can't explain it, but you can tell that there's something about a name that means something more than it does to us us white kids. And as a high school teacher, I'm around a lot of individuals of color, boy, young boys, teenagers, you know, seniors in high school. And now they're not quite the age of Adonis, but, but there's something about that, that name legacy that paternal legacy that sticks with them in a way that, that I don't necessarily relate to, but I can observe. Um, and that co complexity tied up in the fact that, that sadly a lot of black fathers are absent in their lives of their sons for one reason or another. Uh, when I served as a missionary for my church when I was young, one of the other guys that I was with when I was there, uh, his dad was a wrestler in the WWE, and so was his grandpa. Uh, he's actually... The grandson, the grandson of Jimmy Superfly Snuka. His uh, dad is James Snuka or Deuce. They both fought or wrestled in WWE. Uh, but so he's the son of James Snuka. And uh, the Snuka that I knew was a 20-year-old boy, young man, who was hurt by his father's absence because of his wrestling career. Uh, now, the father's still around. Obviously, they spend more time together. He's done wrestling. But for the majority of his growing up time, when you were being shaped as an individual, as a boy, he was gone. And that leaves a mark on someone. I, I saw it then in Snuka. I see it in the high school boys I'm around. It, it, it can be tough. It's hard. So back to Adonis. Uh, it isn't over the top, but it's wounded him. His father being gone and, and dying. And this idea that maybe he's a little bit of a mistake. Anyone who's lost a parent can relate to that. But the way that, that Michael B. Jordan performs, particularly that scene when he's in jail, is just, it is just so vulnerable, the way that he depicts the hurt that comes with that and kind of the aggression and, and tough guy that has to be put up to protect themselves from it. I think emotionally and mentally. As much as that tough guy, you know, fighter, you know, you know I can beat you up type of vibe is on the outside. I think it's there because they're trying to, to protect themselves against it. 
And I love that this film is Adonis learning to accept his father and his name and to forgive him and to forgive himself, uh, to own up to who he is in a way, that he, that he is a creed. And what, everything that that means, hurtful and empowering. It's remarkable. Now, this could not happen without the help of Rocky and Stallone gets it right in the way that he plays this character with the perfect amount of seriousness um, and the perfect amount of honesty. The conversation that the two of them have, the conversation that the two of them have in jail after their fallout is so touching. Uh, each just destroying the scene with their performance is amazing. Uh, Rocky knows how to help Adonis in a, in a way and with something that I don't directly understand uh, about fighting. But Rocky understands that, and his understanding allows him to be a father, to mold Adonis into a man. He may be the age of a man, but, but he still needs help, and Rocky is there to be his father and to help them. And it's empowering to see that individual get knocked down, like very literally, and then to get up with, with force, with adrenaline, and with surety not in that exact moment, but as they're fighting, as, as he's fighting the final fight, when Rocky says to him, it's you against you, he's just in the way. And how true that is to the character of Adonis. And, and that's truly what he's fighting, is himself and the version of himself that he thinks he's not good enough to be is awesome. With that, I cannot express enough the perfection of the moment when Kugler finally lets the Rocky theme go. You, you would, I, you know, you wait for it in the training scene, you wait for it in different moments, in a montage, but it, it's, it's not there. there. There's kind of the underscore of the theme. Ludwig Gornson really just works it in in remarkable ways, but it's not until the 12th round, all or nothing on the line, and he stands up and, and right in line with him. You just hear those horns. Uh it gets to you. You can't help but feel the emotion of that. And part of that is that I think for so many of us in America, the Rocky theme is so embedded into our emotional core memories that, that it means something to us. It's just a powerful scene. And then it fades away and it lets you focus on the fight. This isn't a Rocky moment. This is a Creed moment. Rocky is a part of Creed's moment. And so it's there. But it's not all of it. It's not Rocky's moments. It's Creed's. And, and it fades out and lets you focus on his moment and on his fight. But it lets Rocky be a part of it as he should be. It gives me chills every time. But, but even before that, even before he stands up, in fact, right before, when Rocky tells him to, to go across the ring and knock the guy out, he says, uh, just right as he leaves, he's like, I love you, kid. Rocky says that to Adonis. And, and like out of breath, Adonis says, I love you too. Like you can barely hear it. There's just something about that that just punches my heart. It's, it's remarkable. And he stands up and then you get the horns and then the, the great fights th scene goes out. And, and during that final fight in the 12th round, the announcer yells out, throwing body shots like he's Rocky Balboa, going upstairs like he's Apollo Creed. We are the legacy of all the people who shape us, gone or not. Oh, that line just, <laughs> it's like 11 o'clock at night and I'm crying. Um, that line in that scene, that's real uh, in a way that I don't have the words to describe. 
And I think the perfect combination with what Rocky tells Adonis right before he tells him he loves him, right before he stands up, he says, I know you will because you're a creed. Uh, this is just, there's something in a name. There's something in the names that we inherit from the people we choose. And uh, Creed is a choice for Adonis, uh, but it's also not. And I, and I love the way that his name is on his shorts uh, and what it means for him. Creed is on the front. Johnson is on the back a little bit of what he has been and what he's becoming, what's behind him and what's in front of him. Uh, but also a little bit of a psychological effect. Creed faces his opponents who would know the legacy of Apollo Creed and would know that they are going against a Creed. But Johnson is on the back, which most of the cameras and the audience see because it's, it's Donnie fighting. As much as it's Apollo Creed's son, it's Donnie. And it's just, I love that. So incredible. Uh, I could talk about that forever, but I'm going to move on. One, because it's 1130 at night, but uh, two, because I have other things to say. Uh, there's a line that I think we can all remember that Rocky says, he says, time is undefeated, takes us all out. Um, during the filming uh, of this scene, uh, of this movie, just entering into pre-production. Now, before I get into that, uh, Ryan Coogler had a hard time getting Sylvester Stallone to agree to this, to, to perform as Rocky and, and to let the franchise continue. Uh, but his persistence eventually got him on board and he really liked it. Um, but then right as the film was entering pre-production, Sylvester Stallone's oldest son, Sage, uh, died of a heart attack at the age of 36. And uh, that sent, understandably so, Stallone into a full breakdown. Uh, Ryan Coogler was able to convince him to use this film as a dedication to Sage, uh, focusing on that father-son relationship. And that was helpful for Stallone. Later, he admitted in the Golden Globes that Creed helped him cope with Sage's death. And that's powerful, especially with this idea that as we handle the legacy of, of Adonis and Creed, we, we handle the legacy of Rocky. And that, that even Rocky, which I wish I could put all the emotions that that name gives me, is is vulnerable, that he's not invincible, that he can get cancer, uh, that he can be alone, that he can be wounded by being alone. Uh, it's just powerful. And how that uh, hurt to people we see as invincible and sometimes damage us as we see a Donnie act. And I love the conversation that him and... Uh, Tessa Thompson's character have between the door. I forget her name. What is her name? Oh, Bianca. Between the doors. Just very real, very honest. Um, but back on Sage, Sylvester Stallone's son. Um, in, when, when Adonis moves in, in Paulie's room, uh, Rocky talks about his son moving to Vancouver. Uh, that is a photo of Sylvester Stallone um, as a young Rocky and a very young Sage Stallone, or Sage Stallone, sorry. Uh, Sylvester Stallone was reluctant, but Ryan Coogler asked him to, to use the picture to have 
a representation of Sage in the movie. And it's very cool that, that Sage played Rocky's son in Rocky V uh, and died just before this film. And Vester Stallone talks about his son moving on to Vancouver and not hearing from him. And there's so much wrapped up into that moment. And, it, and it's remarkable. Man, I could talk about this film forever. So the last thing I'm going to say, the line that probably so many people remember that you thought I would talk about. And actually, before I do, I want to talk about Marianne, Apollo's wife. She is not given enough credit for taking Adonis in. The son of her husband, uh, born from infidelity. That would be hard to accept as just an idea, let alone as a living, breathing person that you welcome into your house and into your life. That is a legacy of creed. That's a creed legacy, as much as Apollo is. And I love that one of the scenes that flashes when Adonis is knocked out is of Marianne talking to him when he's in juvie. So, on to the last line related to that. When Adonis wants to, to fight, he says to prove that I'm not a mistake. My one thought of the many that I could give is that whoever you are, you don't have to prove anything. You never have to prove. I don't care how you got here. Your worth so much more than you can comprehend. With that, let's wrap up the podcast here. Conclude Fallen. There are so many things that I could say about Creed. It's a remarkable movie. Watch it and watch it again. I'm, I am extremely excited for Creed 3 as Michael B. Jordan will be directing. The trailers look amazing. Um, Jonathan Majors looks intense. I'm excited to see him as our, our antagonist. Haven't seen Creed 2. I've heard that maybe it doesn't kind of live up to Creed. But I'm, I'm trying to tame my expectations and not go in thinking that it's going to be bad, but also not trying to think that it's going to exceed this because I don't, especially after this episode, I don't, I don't know if anything can. Uh, but I'm very excited for Creed 2 and Creed 3 coming up. So subscribe to The Basement Binge for those episodes coming out wherever you get podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, leave a review, share it with your friends, and uh, let me know what your thoughts are about Creed. And all the ways to contact and reach out to the show are listed below. Anyway, if you haven't heard enough, this is The Basement Binge. My name is Harrison, and that's all for now. Ciao, ciao. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.